for the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who in OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. And this is episode number 41 of OCR Talk. We're going to get right into it because we have a lot to cover about one event, talking about Toughest South that we just went to this past weekend. And uh, I could say, uh, you know, as we normally do, how's it going? But that's kind of what we're going to talk about here. So ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, we do need to talk about the giveaway before yes. we get into this. And this is going to go ahead and reveal how we did overall. <laughs> right. And it'll so, also okay, it'll also I'll reveal some <laughs> some issues that, that we're going to talk about later, right. too. But the giveaway was people had to guess how many miles that we would collectively get. Mm-hmm. And we set our goals last episode as right. 40 for me and 35 for you. Right. So some people guessed 75, whereas other people guessed 70 to, you know, just if one of us wasn't feeling that great. Yeah. That was pretty uh, much like the only two guesses we got was 70 and 75. So I'm glad people had a lot of faith in us. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Now, a couple of people guessed 65. Yeah. But nobody guessed 60. (laughs) Well. (laughs) Okay, so technically, are we counting motor miles or actual mileage? <laughs> well, that's what we're going to have to do here is we're going to have to make an adjustment for the giveaway since yeah. nobody guessed 60 because the our official mileage for the event was only 60. We both Correct. got 30, and we're going to talk about why that is <laughs> and make our excuses. At least I will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but... That is what happened. We only got 60. So what we're going to do is 60 motor miles. We are going to (laughs) do the giveaway according to the mileage, according to our watches. So that'll kind of lead into what we're going to be talking about. Yes. So let me get a couple of names because it is only a couple onto a spinny wheel. We had two names on the spinny wheel. Double check. I guess 70 or 60. Okay, here we go. You ready? Yeah. I know you're not going to be able to hear this, but <laughs> here it goes. 50% chance. <laughs> this is for the bit boards too, huh? Yeah. Yes. The winner the winner of the OCR Talk bib boards is Mike Stefano. Nice. Yeah. Congrats, Mike. Mike guessed 70 and given us a little leeway to not do as well as we had hoped but yeah we'll find out why why it turned out the way it did in just a minute right he figured <laughs> since both of us were talking about our lack of training in the last few weeks <laughs> <laughs> one of us wasn't gonna hit our goal yeah which, which is funny technically before well we'll get into that later we, we will get into yeah. it and it, yeah <laughs> well first up and before we do that before we get into 
our experiences, let's talk about the race itself, the race in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a, a great event. And we're going to go through just some specifics about different parts of the event. But overall, I, I thought it was good. I, yeah. I had a good time. Uh, you know, like normal stuff like parking. Our yeah. Parking was actually super close and easy. Festival area, you know, you don't really think too much about the festival area because right. we're we were actually kind of separated from the main festival area. Yeah, it was kind of interesting because the toughest mutter participants and really the whole event had it really almost had like a whole separate festival area set up for us. Yeah, the finish line. And I, I take it that start line might have been the original start line. But our finish was in a different spot, probably. Definitely. (laughs) Because I'm pretty sure the original finish for the race for the Tough Mudder Classic was in the festival area, you know, right past Mm -hmm. EST. Yeah. EST and then under Mudderhorn Mm -hmm. probably would have been the end. Probably so. But the pit, the pit itself, you know, off to the side there, it wasn't huge. And and I don't think it it didn't need to be. There was actually Mm -hmm. plenty of spaces left over. I, I think yeah even around us they there were empty spots. yeah they they weren't really well marked um because it was it was kind of confusing at first where they stopped and where they started um but once everybody started setting up yeah there was there was quite a bit of room I thought they used the space really well I liked how they set everything up yeah the pit was only on either side even at the deepest I feel like it wasn't any more than what maybe four rows deep yeah. On the other side, because we were on the shorter side, and the other side had a lot more rows back. Yeah, and it was only, our side was only two like two, two rows, rows back, so really you yeah. could get four tenths deep, but really it wasn't, like, I mean, that's nothing. Like, yeah. you were right there every time you came out of the, out of the, out of the course. Yeah, I thought everything was set up really well, and, like, even for spectators and everything like that, so I thought everything was set up really well. Speaking of spectators, do you know if any of our crew spectated? Like, I know April and I'm pretty sure Sarah, Mark's Mark's pit person, didn't <laughs> go out on course any. Did your mom? No, my mom didn't go out on course any. She stayed they, in every time I <laughs> Every time I come in, they would talk about how, how uh, crazy your mom was. Oh, but yeah. They were just joking because she was just sleeping all the time. <laughs> She was just sleeping or pretending to be sleeping. My mom's sneaky like that. (laughs) They were like, she's wild, man. (laughs) She's a trooper. She's 71, man. She was out there all night. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, The pit length, like when you came through the finish all the way to the start line, was Mm -hmm. probably about what it was at Worlds, but it wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't anything yeah, crazy. A nice little tenth of a mile or something like that. Or yeah. If if that. Yeah, if that. But yeah, I like how they had everything set up. They had like that tent. It was almost like the hospitality tent that they had at Worlds or like the orphan yeah. tent because they had everything set up and then like they had a big screen set up for the people in the pit to like watch movies or whatever. They were like playing movies throughout the event to like keep everybody entertained. That was, I thought right. that was really cool. I mean, it was kind of sad for me because I wanted to like hear whenever I was getting close to the pit, you know, <laughs> I wanted to like hear the music, but <laughs> but it, I thought that was kind of, you know, considerate for all the pit crew. Yeah. So we were right by the finish line and right after the finish line was the, um, 
would they call it? The course. Oh, the race center. Yeah, the mm-hmm. the race center. And so, you know, if you wanted to look at your times and stuff, you could right there. Mm-hmm. And then right near there was that hospitality tent, the the screen with the movies playing on it. Mm-hmm. And they I, they killed the, the music for a bit during the middle of the night while they were playing movies. Yeah. And there was also some giant cornhole and giant <laughs> beer pong, I guess. I don't, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're not drinking beer out of a trash can, but, <laughs> you know, that style of game. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool, too. I don't know if anybody in our crew played anything. I don't think so. I don't know. My mom was playing beer pong all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so in saying that the the pit wasn't crowded, that's for sure. Definitely uh, the not. wave size that, that went off at the beginning, I believe they were saying it was a, a little over 300 people. Yeah, they were saying it. we started with like 318 people, I believe. That's interesting. It, it didn't feel... I, I tried to find last year's results and I couldn't to... See how much people, how many people were there. Yeah, but I, I really felt like it was a lot more, but I could have been wrong. Mm-hmm. It felt bigger. I don't know if that was because we were at a smaller type venue. Yeah, being all inside that big tent instead of in a pit area. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was about the same amount of people. Anyways, the the course itself, the terrain of the course. This was at a place called Texplex, and it's a not just motocross. I think they allow some motocross, but mm-hmm. it's actually more of a, just an all-terrain park. So you can bring out like a, a buggy or something, uh, four-wheelers, stuff like that, and, and cruise around their, their courses. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they definitely utilize the the course that they, the, the tracks that they have there. But it really, it was such a different experience than last year's just regular Tough Mudder that they had there. <laughs> because of the, the rain... That that dirt that they have there is so loose that whenever it gets muddy, it gets just sloppy. Yeah. And since it was so dry, it was it was actually really nice. Like it was kind of soft running on. It was almost like running through sand. A little bit. Um, almost. But but not nearly as bad as sand. Oh for no! Sure. Definitely not. <laughs> But they also ran us through just kind of in between sections, like in the fields and stuff. And that stuff was just really rutted and not smooth at all. So you really had to be careful with your footing. Yeah. In those sections. Yeah. There was definitely those spots where a big hole could like sneak up on you super easy. There was um, one guy, Will, that I was was running with. He works with um, Jen Ucan, the supplement company. And, um, I think it was like maybe on his second or third lap, he found one of those big holes and he was kind of walking along with me uh, a little bit through that third lap, just kind of walking and jogging intermittently as much as his hip would let him. (laughs) Oh, did did he twist something? No, he, um, surprisingly, he actually like felt it more in his hip flexor, almost like maybe like his SI joint or maybe his... IT maybe I don't know if wow. like maybe he slipped in the hole and just locked up his hip stabilizers. <laughs> hmm. I, I think I mentioned before that I maybe I didn't, uh, but I, I purchased some Ultra Olympus. Oh, tra- trail shoes. Yeah, the really really the thick real ones. Tall ones. Uh huh. Yeah, I just really had to find out for myself <laughs> if they would work. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I tried them last week, the weekend before. Mm-hmm. And in a, in a similar type terrain and found out very quickly that no, they, they don't work. Good. 
being up so high just made me feel like any little thing is going to make me fall over and twist my ankle. Right. Like, I just did not feel stable at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not bring those two <laughs> toughest, for sure. And I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. Now, shoe, shoe, uh, what shoes I did wear, I do want to talk about that when I get to my, my own experience, because <laughs> that was a interesting situation for me. <clears throat> they ran us through, they didn't ever run us through the ponds there. We kind of went around a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Even Quagmire, we, yeah, we had a nice weird. path around, around the outside <laughs> right. of it, so we didn't have to go through right. it. Which I was very happy for, because Mud Mile and all that was enough for me <laughs> yeah so there weren't any waiting uh not i mean i can't say i wouldn't have i mean i, I would have been okay with a, a wade or a <laughs> not a swim i mean you know, they kind of try to keep swims out of it nowadays right. but nice wade just to get in the water a clean cleanish water a little bit would have been nice <laughs> <laughs> and and i guess that kind of leads us into the obstacles themselves mm-hmm. Uh, mud mile being the very first one. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, I thought, you know, getting that one out of the way, super great, right? Like, yeah. But <laughs> then what I did notice throughout the night, though, was that they kind of front loaded all those all those muddy ob- type obstacles. And then yeah, um, towards the back end of the course, like the second half of the course was more um, like just the technical grip stuff or, you know, the cleaner obstacles, I should say. Right. And, and honestly, I liked, I mean, as far as like making it a easy lap, mm-hmm. it was nice because you, you got muddy, you did all that stuff, and then you got clean through a couple of obstacles. And then there was a pretty decent gap before you did all the upper body obstacles. So you actually had plenty of time to dry and get dry hands. So right. all the hard stuff, Funky Monkey, the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only other hardest hard one was was a uh, leap of faith. Mm-hmm. All that stuff was nice and dry and really no problem at all. Now, the other really muddy ones, you know, had you had mud mile pretty uh, first one. And again, that mud, since it was water mixed with that that dirt, right. it was super slick coming out of there. Like just I felt like somebody had inserted uh, a goo or or. <laughs> Uh, sludge into my shoes <laughs> yeah for <laughs> sure and I was just like the so like the first half of the course I was just walking around caked in mud and I'm just like this is <laughs> miserable and like I could feel it and you know whenever you get that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> whenever you get that dirty like <laughs> you look at yourself and you're like well I can't really like wipe my face with my hands or on my shoulder <laughs> because I'm covered from like chin to toes in mud so yep. <laughs> Yeah, between Mud Mile and Kiss of Mud, and Kiss of Mud was even soupier. That was just like goop. It was just, <laughs> it was just like mud soup. Even sounded like it. But then after those, uh, there might have been a couple more that you got muddy somewhere. But really, you got pretty clean after that with Cage Crawl and Hydrophobia. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in there was the um, Entrapment. Yeah, that was, I, I want to say that was close to, oh gosh, I can't remember anymore. And it was only yesterday. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I want to say that was close somewhere by Leap of Faith, maybe? It was It was before Leap of Faith. You know, if we pulled up a map, that I don't know, help. probably so. <laughs> um, 
Oh, it was a third one. Jeez. Yeah, Mud Mile, Kiss of Mud, and then Entrapment. Entrapment was interesting because the the dirt under there was so dry <laughs> and and pebbly. It's not it's not that there were actually rocks right. in it. It's just the dirt was so clumped up. It it was painful yeah. to crawl through. It was. It was until at least until like everybody goes through the same lane so you get nice right. it gets nice and smooth in that one lane so you're like oh okay i'll go for that lane <laughs> yeah and then everybody's just uh penguin sliding right. <laughs> through that lane <laughs> but honestly by the end of the night i got tired of doing that one and the last lap that i went through i just went ahead and took the penalty and found out that it probably took not any longer yeah. than crawling through took and much less uh wear on my body <laughs> that's how it was on funky monkey <laughs> <laughs> I, whenever um on one of my last laps whenever I, I went across it and i was transitioning from the last wheel to the bar my hand slipped and because it was about to rip and it went ahead and ripped mm. and then that's whenever i was oh. swinging forward going to the bar oh, and I almost like ate it on that platform. So I had to like kick out my leg real quick and kick myself away from the platform. <laughs> so that, oh, so that whenever I landed, I landed in the water instead of halfway yeah. on the platform, halfway in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and the lifeguard, I serviced and the lifeguard was like, you good? <laughs> I'm like, yep, I'm good. And then I'm like, I was so frustrated because I was like, I, I almost made it. I was like right there. And and right. then I looked at the yeah. penalty and I was like, what? <laughs> so what what was it? What was the penalty? It was literally like a U-turn with a sandbag. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. It was a U-turn. <laughs> Did you at least feel like it'd take you longer to walk it than to no, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Because I mean, going through Funky Monkey is what, 20 seconds? Yeah. Well, I mean, they were telling everybody that you did have to get in the water and go across in order to uh, do the penalty. So, I mean, I guess if uh, you okay. add in that time to it, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was like, like, I'm pretty sure the penalty for that obstacle could fit in my office that I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a shame. <laughs> it was so short. I was like, wait. What? The penalty for entrapment was longer than that. It did yes. take, I'd say, upwards of a minute, maybe a little more. I'm not sure. Not 100% sure. But it, it definitely was long enough that it was like, this is at least as long as it takes to get through the obstacle, if not a little longer. Yeah. Now, after that was hydrophobia and cage crawl. Both of those got you nice and clean, got the mud off. Oh, and, and Augustus Gloop. Oh, and yeah. And Blockness Monster. Again, these are all obstacles that are that are water-based, but with fairly cleanish water. Yeah. Now, Block Nest Monster wasn't working, and we knew that ahead of time, but some people didn't get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I thought that, so they sent that out saying that because of the, the terrain eroding and they weren't going to be able to have the, the blocks rotating. But it, it I had fine. a feeling that they, what's that? It looked fine. Like the, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know what they used Yeah, what the to problem make the, was. Yeah. But I mean, the ground around it didn't look anymore. Yeah, wrote it. I don't know. <laughs> well, I I thought I had a good feeling that they were going to take the blocks and put them flat instead of at an angle <laughs> so that the people that are short and can't jump high would still be able to reach and get like over me? it. <laughs> right. But they did keep it 
at an angle. So just a little bit of your experience. Could you yeah. jump up and reach the top on your own? The first one, yes. The first one is a little bit lower. The second one, yeah. I couldn't until, <laughs> I, I mean, I made it through once and um, it wasn't until my next lap that the volunteer at that, at that, because I mean, I don't know how I always end up at this stupid obstacle by myself in the middle <laughs> of the night, but I kid you not every single time, except for the last, except for my very last lap, I was at that obstacle by myself. Um, what, you know, once they had it opened up and so it wasn't until like my fourth lap or something like that, or fourth or fifth lap, the volunteer was like, you know, there's this little ledge over here to the left. If you come <laughs> over here, I'm like, you couldn't have told me that on my last lap. Well, at least they told you eventually. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> thanks, kid. <laughs> but I mean, to, to, not to discredit her because she was, she was really super encouraging at that obstacle. She was like, every time you come through, you just keep doing it quicker every time. I'm yeah. like, thanks. That's because I'm doing it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, she was super positive. She was trying to keep me, keep my spirits up. <laughs> I think it was like the second time I came through that obstacle. She's like, don't look so sad. I'm like, but I'm by myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. After that was Berlin Walls, which again, short wise, they actually had some that had an extra little piece of two by four to grab onto. Did, did, that, did you take advantage of those? Yes, I did. But even those got slip, slippery throughout the night mm. just because of people coming out of water. Right. But since you can hold the, the frame on those, that, that helps yeah. a lot for sure. Yeah, that does help a lot. All these obstacles, you know, a lot of them had level up lanes, but mm -hmm. it didn't make a difference if you went through them. Like they, yeah. they weren't handing out golden carabiners or anything <laughs> if you did. Right. Creek Crusade was a trek through a creek. A very dry creek. Oh. <laughs> a creek with zero water in it. No, there was one puddle in, in the creek. Was there? Was there one wet, like, muddy area? <laughs> but it was uh, the only single track uh, yeah. section of the course. Okay, I know which. So, yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of nice getting a little bit of um, a little bit of trail run in, even though the first section of it was real rough. Yeah, but there super was the rocky. kind of the last half was nice mm -hmm. and smooth. So that, that part was fun. Yeah. So like the first part of that trail, the, the trail that that's behind my house, it starts out like that, except the, the rocks are like a lot bigger. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it was kind of cool because it kind of reminded me of my trail back home. I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, I know how to <laughs> <laughs> run through this. So I ran through it whenever I could run through it. But then, you know, there's always that time of night when your headlamp starts looking a little bit dimmer than it did before. And yeah. you're like, okay, I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> right. Next is Spread Eagle. Pretty easy. And then Devil's Beard, which was a pain in the butt. Oh, Man, my gosh. That Devil's stupid Beard. Stupid net. I, they had it tied down pretty good. Stupid net. The first time I went through it, I was going backwards. And somehow we ended up coming out the side. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait, how did I get into beer? So I had to go back in and go back. <laughs> it was annoying. <laughs> the just later in the night, you know, when you're all wore out, going yeah. backwards gets really hard. Really, really hard. Because I mean it just wears your uh I don't know, was that your hamstrings, I guess? Yeah. And just my back just bending over like that. And actually my last my very last lap, I was going along and like my eyes were getting really heavy and my mind was just exhausted. And like, uh, I was, I was walking with Miles and Marjorie and 
they're like, oh, devil's beard. I'm like, what? I totally almost walked, just walked across it because <laughs> I didn't even, I wasn't even paying attention because I was so tired. And I really almost just walked right by it. And whenever we went through devil's beard, we were going down the trail a little bit. And then there was this other runner who was like, I totally just walked right by that obstacle. <laughs> like it just lays on the ground right there, like a useless piece of net. And you just don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that was Black Widow. Again, pretty easy, but interesting. These these frame setups, which is actually kind of funny, the mm-hmm. same scaffolding, the ring scaffolding, mm-hmm. I think that uh, that's that Sid uses. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has a very ominous howl whenever the wind is yeah. blowing. <laughs> yeah, it blows through and it kind of whistles almost. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of like whistles through the pipes. <laughs> yeah. So as you're uh, going across this spider web of uh, of slack lines, you get this kind of <laughs> kind of blown across. Pretty interesting there. <laughs> Quagmire was next again. Th- there was kind of a path around it, so you didn't really have to get in the mud. And then, and then after that, that's when you really know that you're getting towards the end because mm-hmm. you hit Leap of Faith, mm-hmm. the Gauntlet. And Funky Monkey all kind of, not right in a row, but there was still some running in between, but yeah. pretty close to each other. Yeah. Leap of Faith was How fun. did you feel about, yeah, how did you feel about Leap of Faith? Oh, I did it every time. It was, it was one of my, it was one that I looked forward to every obstacle. Because like, you know, all the, all the, um, all, all the obstacles up to that point, maybe with the exception of like the ladder at Augustus Gloop, but all the obstacles up to that point were just like, okay, let's, you know, walk Get across the slack line, you know, things like that. Yeah. But once you got to leap of faith, that's whenever you're like, oh, okay, got some like obstacles that I can do <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, that take some, the challenging take some thinking. Yeah. The fun ones. Yeah. yeah. The fun ones. <laughs> but yeah, that one was fun. I, I looked forward to that one every lap. It, it was interesting how the the jump pad was kind of eroding too, yeah. And so it felt like the 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 jumping off point was further back than it was. But what I found out later in the night is that whenever I stepped close to it, I could actually step down into where it was eroding mm-hmm. and then jump even from even closer. So it really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, at all in some of the middle lanes, you could almost like just step onto the <laughs> step onto the ladder, step onto the cargo net. <laughs> that was hanging in the water, <laughs> but I didn't know those. So, yeah. So the net on the regular lanes went all the way down to the water. The mm-hmm. level up lanes, the net on was only maybe a, a couple of feet off of the water. It really wasn't that big of a difference. Yeah, it really wasn't. Like I could see a level up lane with that being much higher, like to where you're pretty much only going to be able to grab it with your hands. Right. But that one was fun. I liked that one. The gauntlet was. Four sections. Mm-hmm. One was balance beam. Second was what do you call that? Where you're stretched out between two was things. It the you know, cat something. I don't know. It, it's you know it's pipes on both sides, and you have to put your hands on one side and yeah. your feet on the other, and stretch across and, and push across. Yeah. Now, how in the heck did you do that being <laughs> short? Well, I I tried to, to go across the regular lane. 
And I'm like, I can't do like I, I physically can't do this. I'm five two, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm touching this pipe over here, and my feet physically will not touch this and, other side. And they bent as you got more right. towards the middle. <laughs> exactly. So the volunteer was like, "You can actually use those lanes that are in the middle of the lanes where the pipes are closer together." <laughs> what? Yeah, no way. That's what they told me. So I'm like, <laughs> oh. I didn't know that was a thing and I didn't know that was allowed. <laughs> and but and how was, close are they? I mean, I was stretched out, not super stretched out, but I was stretched out. So okay. they weren't that close, but they okay. were closer. I, in my head, I, I'm <laughs> imagining that they were like two feet apart. No, but. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not. No, they were at least, they were at least a good four feet apart. Well, I'm glad they gave that option because, yeah. yeah, I felt pretty stretched out myself on the regular lanes. Yeah, I'm like, I can't just magically grow an extra four inches and reach this extra part. I don't know how you expect me to do this. <laughs> so but. you had that that, and then rings, so mm-hmm. Kong-ish. I I really looked forward to this obstacle every, every time because the rings were, the rings were my, my favorite part. Just yeah. flying through the rings. They they were nice they were and dry. They had great grip. Metal. Were you dragging in the water? I was dragging in the water. My feet touched the water. Well, you got to pick your feet up then. Well, I was picking up my feet, <laughs> but sometimes I just like to swing. <laughs> I wonder, I didn't, I didn't really look at, you know, I went on the same lane every time, so I yeah. didn't really notice if the other ones were lower or not. Yeah, they were I went all the way to the far right. Yeah, I was like somewhere in the middle. Hmm. I was like in somewhere in the middle two lanes. But, but I, I, I got thing. to where I, I felt so comfortable on it and mm-hmm. it was so much fun that I was uh, skipping and like getting really big swings just because it was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was one one time whenever I came off of it and like my feet slid on the platform as I landed on the platform. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yes. And then the next section was the rig part, I guess. The the ledge um, tip uh, hang on it's got pegs. a name um tip a just tip, the tip just the tip yep because it has the ledge the doorknobs and the straight bars like the monkey bars almost yes now the, the straight pegs you know we we've seen we've seen them do this a couple of different ways uh actually toughest <laughs> toughest south last year this thing tilted like it was yeah, it not moved. it was not tight no. and it tilted a lot. <laughs> a lot and it was wet that night you know it, yes. the entire thing was, it was wet soaked uh which made it near impossible because mm-hmm. you get to the doorknobs in the in the little piece of pipe or bar and you just slide right off right uh this was not the case they were they were anchored down pretty good but they were still tilted did yeah, you notice, notice yeah that? they still moved a little bit but they stopped but what they i found like was swing. that one side yeah, what what I found was that it was like already tilted a little bit. So one side, uh, one side was more of an overhang than the other side. So I actually went on the, uh, I watched people go on the side that was tilted towards them, and I'm thinking like, why are you doing that? <laughs> and, so, and I was doing the opposite side to where it's tilted away from me because mm-hmm. you, you know you get better grip that way. And and so I actually had no problem. Uh, I did the monkey bar technique on the two two bars, mm-hmm. the two pieces of pipe, mm-hmm. instead of touching the the uh, the, door the doorknobs the doorknobs weren't bad i went um the first time i went through it the um i went from doorknob to peg and i just swung sideways like that and i didn't have a problem um my next time through it i went on a different lane 
and the pegs turned. I did notice that one of them was a little loose, but it didn't give me a problem since it was so dry. Yeah, it didn't give me a problem either, but I just noticed like both of my pegs turned. I'm like, maybe it's just this one. Then I swung to the next one. Mm. I'm like, oh, that one's turning too. <laughs> okay. So yeah, and I noticed like the first lane that I I tried, the pegs weren't turning, but then the next one they were. And and yeah, that was the end of the obstacle there. So I saw a lot of people uh, making it through there and, and, and like hearing people hooting and hollering when they got through. So mm-hmm. it was, it was a good time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was, Oh, they said, they said that they had four different penalties and you had to do mm-hmm. each one for wherever you failed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you wanted to skip the whole thing, you had to do a sandbag carry out and back four times, one for each second. Wasn't, wasn't there also a tire? Yeah. They, it, that you had to carry. Well, it was either or it was a sandbag oh, okay. or a, because my last lap, that's what I did. I just, Gotcha. <laughs> Since my hand was so, so torn up, I'm like, I could, yeah. but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> now, Funky Monkey being next, and, and actually both of these obstacles, actually uh, all the way back to Leap of Faith, when we ran through on the first lap, mm-hmm. it looked like we were running the course backwards. Yeah. In which case it, it uh, so it looked like we were going to go into these obstacles backwards. Mm-hmm. They that that didn't happen. They ended up routing us. So you kind of went past the obstacle and then into it mm-hmm. and then back around and passed again to leave. Yeah. So you kind of did a little a little S to go through the obstacles. So that was interesting. But yeah. Funky Monkey felt good, felt easy, nice and dry. Loved it. The, the platform on the end got real slippery towards the end of the night. So you really had to be careful yeah. of your footing when you jumped off. Yeah. I, I feel like we could do that one backwards. You know, I know that they've done it before and had it like just tilted just a little bit to where uh, the monkey oh, bars. Oh, like go from the bar to the ring or the. Yeah, the bar to the to the to wheels the, or to the wheels and then to the monkey bars. Yeah, so I know I've seen that. I've never done it, but I've seen that on a course before, like online. And it they had it tilted to where the going through the wheels wasn't an uphill thing; it was kind of more flattish. But I feel like we could go through it uphill. I don't. I don't. I could see doing it. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. You get such a big swing on those wheels if you do it right. Yeah, I don't see it being a problem. Yeah. After Funky Monkey was Arctic Enema. This was nice that it wasn't open the first at least two laps that I went through. So Everest at first was nice and dry, but the second that they opened it up, the ropes on Everest got muddy because people were putting their feet all over the ropes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Arctic Enema was nice because it was like my little cryo plunge that I kind (laughs) of like. I I don't enjoy that. Do you enjoy it? I love it. Like every time I got in there, I was like, oh my gosh, it feels so good on my legs. <laughs> like it's like my little cold plunge. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh man, people pay good money for this. <laughs> but it was low. Like you had to get real low to get under that. Oh yeah. Under that wall. Under the wheels. Yeah. And they had the other side, but I don't think the other side was, because oh, I never saw anybody going through the other side because i noticed the other side had like a little bit of a gap between the water Mm. and the and the wheels or whatever but i don't think i ever saw anybody going through that that side i did notice that they were telling people who asked to go to the other side to go through the one that we all went through and that's i think that's the only one that they were putting ice in i gotcha 
which interestingly, I saw them put ice in it at one point, but then later in the night, you didn't see any ice cubes, but that water was still really cold. Yeah, that water was still really cold. I think the wind was keeping it really cold. Speaking of water, the water on course actually felt pretty good. I'd say towards the end of the night, the water in Mud Mile, just at the top, like the first six inches of water was getting kind of chilly. But the rest of the course, the water was actually felt pretty, pretty kind of warm a little bit. Yeah. So it really wasn't bad at all. But I thought it was so weird how that only happened on Mud Mile, not even on Cage Crawl, I'd say. I kind of noticed it on Cage Crawl a little bit. Which, like, it, I mean, that's a night. shallow obstacle, so it makes yeah. sense there, too. Yeah. So then they had Everest, and they had guys up there all night long helping people out. Really awesome, amazing. Uh, you know, everybody appreciates what those guys do. That's for sure. I couldn't have made it up there without them pulling me up because it was so slick by the end of the night. Well, even when it really, whenever it opened, it was so slick and muddy and slippery and the ropes were useless. <laughs> I actually started using them to just kind of get up a little bit and stand on the knot until they were ready to help me out. To pull me up. Yeah, me too. And that's, I think that's what everybody was doing. That's why the knots were so torn up. And that's why the ropes were so nasty <laughs> and slippery. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure they had to like switch out the ropes mm. <laughs> at one point because the ropes looked different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did get to go up the high side, you know, the level up lane at one mm -hmm. point. Some people were calling for somebody else to go over there and do it. And uh, they weren't going. So I went ahead and went that way just to get through faster. <laughs> it, which it was cool. I mean, it's obviously harder to get up that high, but it was really the 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 boards that they have up there are kind of a, a little bit more of a pain to climb over. Like it kind of, you know, pressing on your arms and stuff as you're climbing over. It's more of like more a than, wall up top yeah. than like a curved edge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for those people staying up there all night, I would have never made it up there. I used my band to bypass that obstacle a couple times. Oh, really? On my last couple laps, because I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do that one, <laughs> and I don't really want to. I was like, I don't really want to have to have them pull me up either, so <laughs> I'm just not gonna do it. <laughs> I could have swore I saw some old guy just walk on by. <laughs> oh, I saw a couple people just walk on by. I saw I definitely saw a couple people just walk on by, but I also noticed at the end of the night the the volunteer had a nice collection of bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Next was Mutterhorn, which honestly as as easy as that obstacle is, it just takes time and energy to climb up that thing. That cargo net was so loose. Yeah. It was very loose. So loose. It like that was I usually don't have any issues with, with those kinds of obstacles, but that was so loose. It was like, oh gosh, it was nerve wracking. <laughs> so I, I used my first band at Mutterhorn just to, you know, get through quick, which was, right. it felt great. It was just yeah. walking on by it. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did notice that if you went to I, my very first lap, I went on the far left and the mm -hmm. net at the very top mm -hmm. was like right up against the, yes. the top of it. <laughs> yeah. I made but in the middle, <laughs> yeah, they had it nice and raised in the yeah. middle. Yeah. <laughs> so went to the middle every time after. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I made that same mistake too. It was like maybe my second time going through it. And I was like, why am I getting caught in so much net? <laughs> why is this so much more difficult than the last time I went through this? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Noted. <Yep>. So, yeah. 
Oh, we skipped cage crawl, which was somewhere in the middle of the course. I don't want to say something about because I mentioned it, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The first, the first, so the first time I went through cage call, the right side of the, whenever you're approaching it, the right side of the, um, even though the level up lane was on the left side, the right mm-hmm. side was the deeper part of cage crawl. <laughs> and it yeah. Was there was not full. much space. Yeah. <laughs> there was definitely more full because usually if my face is like right up against the fence and I'm pulling myself along, as long as my face is like really close to the fence, I'm, I'm okay. But like they had these, they had the sections of fence that would kind of go lower instead of higher. And so even though you're going backwards, your head hits the fence behind you <laughs> and you go under the water and you're like, Oh crap. Yeah. And you kind of panic a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> trying to keep it together i'm like this is this is supposed to be like the obstacle that i like (laughs) (laughs) it's not right now because i'm inhaling water (laughs) but yeah the left lane was much nicer and i was actually felt like i was able to keep my ears out of the water for the most of it yeah yeah me too but then yeah the far far left lane was where they had the uh i don't know plexiglass the plexiglass yeah the level up yeah i didn't bother with that one (laughs) no me either (laughs) i don't think anyone did (laughs) And lastly, it was EST. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because the wind was blowing all night long in the exact <laughs> same was. direction, probably at the exact same speed the entire night. Exactly. And so the wires are all just blowing to one side. <laughs> so everybody just went on the left side and right. just scoot along. I, probably, I don't think a single person probably got shocked in there. No, I, and I think um, somebody said that it wasn't on because they had it connected <laughs> to a rechargeable battery that was connected to a solar powered thing. And since the sun was down, <laughs> the battery obviously wasn't charged. So it, I don't think it was on all night. I know there was one guy who was like, who who yelled at somebody and was like, hey, it's not on, dude. You could just go full throttle through the obstacle or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, nope, but then you're not, just like, yeah, right. <laughs> not going to try it. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, since, like we said, since the pit area was kind of off to the side, we had to run from the, the original festival area kind of down, uh, what, maybe a quarter of a mile to to get back to the finish line yeah so you had a a nice little run Mm -hmm. yeah nice little run i i was i love getting dirty and then getting clean and then you had to go through est at the end which was again soupy you had to get your legs and if you happen to fall in it get your hands muddy again but uh yeah that's what happened to me after my third lap and I, I slipped on one of the hay bales and I caught myself with my hands. And I'm like, man, and I wanted to change yeah. my socks and shoes after this lap. <laughs> so. Right. The the temperature of the night, I think, started out, you know, when we started, obviously the sun was down, had just gone down. And it was probably, what, in the 80s, I think? Mid, mid-80s, probably? Is that, yeah. The weather was just perfect temperature-wise. Yeah, and then... By the end of the night, it got down into the lower 70s. It really, even with the wind, like last year, the temperature was high 60s to mid 50s Yeah, in, in Austin. And but there wasn't really any wind. So that temperature felt pretty good, you know, chilly towards the end of the night, but still pretty good. This with the way the wind was, if it had been that cold, it probably would have been, you know, like long sleeve kind of weather. Right. Not still not um, wetsuit weather, I'd say, but no. 
But with the way it was, the wind blowing and the temperatures being just above 70 was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, with the wind blowing, the man, the temps through the night were so nice. And like it there was a couple times where I debated maybe I should have brought maybe at least a windbreaker, but then I was like, no, nah, it's just too good a weather. Like you can't ask. Yeah, for anything I think better. you would have burnt up with yeah. a windbreaker on. Yeah. Like I I definitely questioned it like coming out of the pit and going through Mud Mile, but it it just it just didn't make sense because once you start running, if you keep yourself moving good, then you warmed up and it was fine. So. Yeah. How'd you feel about the course atmosphere? Like while you were out there? <sighs> yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I'm glad you brought up because I mentioned it to April after maybe my second or third lap, but I feel like that first lap. So the course ended up long and I'm sure everybody's seen by now the at least in the Toughest Mudder community Facebook groups that Kyle McLaughlin did acknowledge that the course was long, <laughs> ended up long. And I, and well, the first lap, the first lap was lap, actually short. Well, yeah, the first lap was shorter than the, all the subsequent laps for sure. Um, By like, um, it was about four and a half miles is what I got. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and the first lap, they actually didn't have the course marked correctly or something like there was some there's it was supposed to be some tape at the hay bales or something so a lot of us um towards the front got got off course by at least at least three quarters of a mile off course so we had mm -hmm. to backtrack and get back on course and um they fixed it immediately after that once it was brought to their attention and i just remember thinking in the back of my head like I really hope there's not a timing mat somewhere in there that we missed. Right. Because <laughs> Me like, too. I'm like, if there is, I'm screwed because I don't know <laughs> where it is and, you know, can't go back and fix it now. Um, I, I did assume that, you know, since they knew that it was a problem, if there was a course, a timing mat there, they, it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. Like they knew people were coming through. Yeah. And like at that point I was, my watch already said like four and a half. I'm like, I know I've got to be getting close to the end. So like, mm -hmm. I know I'm not like, so, yeah, the first the first lap, a lot of us got off course, and I feel like after that, <laughs> the the morale just kind of like dipped and stayed there for a really long time. And I I was talking to April about that in the pit. I was like, this is supposed to be like a tough mortar course. Like it's usually like all community and you know. <laughs> all love and unicorn and rainbows but but like like there was this there was several times i was in mud mile or block nest monster and like there would be one person one guy in the in the obstacle with me and he just went right on through and just like <laughs> just like screw you you know like like okay cool peace dude <laughs> later <laughs> and you know i i did recognize that it was the same so i did try to make a point even though i was having my own issues making a point to you know say good job to people help right? up people that, that that look like they needed it yeah it was almost but like, yeah it was it was, just it was sad. sad that <laughs> the first lap it's like oh sweet only four and a half miles okay yeah. obviously they they got an issue and they're going to fix it. And then they fixed it. And then I came through the next lap and it was five and a half. It's like, yeah. all right, if the first one, no, no second lap, I was at 10 and a half miles. And it was like, okay, if the first lap was a half mile short yeah. and the second lap, I'm now a extra mile. Where, where did this come from? Yeah. Like, 
So I was going through my footage from I, I had a, a GoPro camera in the pit and I came in and recorded during every lap, which I'm going to post that video as well. But uh, on my third lap, I come in through and I'm like three laps in 16.75 miles. Where's all this extra mileage <laughs> right? at? I don't know. I was the same way because so I like I said, I got off course probably by three quarters of a mile that first lap. So I stopped my watch whenever I crossed the finish and, um, the first time, whenever I went out for my second lap, I had just restarted my watch and my second lap, I came in and I was like a little over 10 miles and I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> and so I stopped my watch at the finish and then I'm like, well, maybe I'm picking up extra mileage just from running through the pit. I don't, maybe, I don't know. Which maybe. is supposed to be part of it. Right. And so, um. I didn't start my watch until where they had the so-called start, the, start mat. <laughs> the timing mats of yeah. your next lap. So I was like, okay, I'll just start, you know, <laughs> start my watch there. And I just kept getting higher mileage and higher. I was like, I don't yeah. know where I, I was like, <laughs> I give up. And I wasn't even doing penalty laps. So I'm like, I don't know where this extra mileage yeah. is coming from. It's magical mileage that I'm getting tonight. <laughs> so I don't know. And like, it just got worse throughout the night. Like by my fifth lap, I had just started my fifth lap and my watch told me I was already at 25 miles and I was nowhere close <laughs> to the end. And I was like, Oh, awesome. Cool. Right. <laughs> At that point, I was just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's save that. You know, we've got our experiences to talk about that. Uh, that obviously played a big role right. in how everybody perceived the race. Mm -hmm. But yeah, on course, it just was. Yeah, I feel like kind of down yeah. and quiet. And it really did not get any better until all, just before the sun <laughs> came up. It really did. Like, it was just so sad out there. Like. <laughs> like the volunteers that were like being really encouraging and, you know, talking to everybody that came through and, you know, kudos to the volunteers though, because like there was a lot, a good handful of them that they were, it was the same volunteer all night long that stayed there all night. Yeah. So props to them. But like, <laughs> they were just, some of them like, well, okay. Some of them were playing music and I'm like, Oh my gosh, finally. Like, huh. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even a lot of them were quiet, that's for sure. Yeah. Which I mean, I can I kinda understand. You know, you're sitting out there in the middle of the night and you just kinda pick up yeah. the vibe from everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so now, uh, officially they did say, you know, as you were saying, Cobb McLaughlin uh put out a message saying that they've adjusted contender status qualification for this to where men only had to get official 35 miles and women official 30 miles, mm -hmm. which helps you doesn't help me, <laughs> unfortunately, which we'll talk about, but, uh, you got your call your continuous status. Yeah. I totally got my, awesome. Yeah. And, and really like that was, of course that was the goal coming into it. Um, but like we said in that last episode, you know, we we're kind of just being realistic about it, that our training had kind of dipped and, you know, yeah. life happens. And so really my, my, really my goal was to just go out there, just feel good and just keep going and keep running as long as I could until I just couldn't go anymore or time ran out. And that's, and you did a good job at that. That's exactly. And, and really that's exactly what happened. Like 
regardless of the atmosphere on course and everything else, like I stay pretty positive, like compared to some of my other multi-lap races, like I felt like my mental game was pretty good. My, I mean, I felt really good about it. And like, it's weird how there was several points during the night where like, I really thought I was just done and I was so exhausted. And then like my legs would just start running. (laughs) I'm like, cool. I got a little bit more in me and it would kind of pick up my spirits a little bit. And so like that dark place that everybody talks about, you know, it was, it was pretty much kept at bay for the whole night. So I was really happy about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome when you have those moments, it's like, man, my legs are just whipped and then out of nowhere, I felt like a lot of the obstacles did it for me. Like even swinging through an obstacle, you know, the blood goes somewhere else to your upper body and your, you know, so it's, you get out of the obstacle and it's like, oh, I can, I can run again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really good about pitting. I felt really good about how I got out there and got on, you know, out on my laps and I don't know. It just, it just felt different for me and it felt like it felt really good. (laughs) It just felt really good. Well, that's fantastic. That was not the case for me. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to save that uh, for just a moment though. What, what the heck is going on with everybody's watches and the elevation that got recorded? I don't know. <laughs> There's no way recorded. there was more than a couple of hundred feet of elevation. Oh, definitely not. No, in that entire definitely not. I'm checking my straw. But our right watches, <laughs> our I watches said like. I I think mine said like twenty or no, mine says eleven thousand. Yeah, mine, mine and yours are about the same. 11,000, 9,000. Which Miles's says 30,000 feet. <laughs> That's wrong. 30,000 feet. That's wrong. Twice. I'm just going to say. Twice up, you know, uh, <laughs> twice from sea level to the biggest mountains in Colorado. You're like, That's ridiculous. <laughs> What's wrong with our watch? And it's not like we're all using the same ones. Me and you use Koros, yeah. and he's got a Garmin, I believe. Mark had a Garmin. His said something ridiculous as well. Yeah. And I used I used the training or the trail run whatever um, settings, and you used the regular run settings, right? Yeah, yeah. And but ours was pretty similar in, in all those different. Yeah. The only thing is like climbing so up weird. and down Mutterhorn or climbing up like even those little climbs. I don't know if they could add up to <laughs> that much. But yeah, what is Mutterhorn? Maybe maybe thirty feet. Yeah. High, yeah. maybe forty at the most. Yeah. Fit, who cares? A hundred? It's not. <laughs> it's not eleven thousand. It's not thousands. <laughs> that was, so that was weird, but obviously that didn't affect us because we weren't looking at that information during the race. Right. There was some pretty good hills out there, like man-made hills that you would just look up. Yeah, they and were. You were like, they were decent. <laughs> well, we were on the you know the court the um the the course for the vehicles, so you did have a few of those motocross style hills. Not a lot, uh, say three to four yeah, of them. Yeah, maybe a couple. Mm-hmm. And, and then here, and you know, that's kind of like a sloping landscape too. So you did have parts that were just kind of slight inclines. But still, <laughs> <not> eleven thousand. <laughs> yeah, overall, the the elevation on the course was not bad at all. Not bad at all. It was it was a really good course as far as that goes. I'd say Austin last year had more elevation than this one did. Oh, for sure, definitely. I felt that one a lot more. The uh, winner-wise, we had Travis Icos won in first. And then mm-hmm. from there, it's a lot of names that I don't recognize. Uh, on the men's side and uh, on, on the on the women's side, there was mm-hmm. a lot of names that I don't recognize. 
Deanna Braz. Oh, I recognize Corinne, Corinne, Corinne's name. Okay, uh, so Corinne her. came in second. Uh, Deanna Braz mm-hmm. came in fourth, but in first was Brooke Berger, I guess, mm-hmm. and Kristen Reed in third. I remember her passing. Mm-hmm. Natalie Harvey in, in fourth and fifth. Uh, the guys, we had Trevor Sykos in first, Elliot Rub or wait, hang on, what is that? Rube. Rube. Yeah, Elliot Rube, maybe. That dude lapped me like a few times. <laughs> Eddie Stevens in third. I feel third. like in the same spot, too. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Stevens in third and J- Joseph Rucco in fourth and Stephen Shade in fifth. Again, not mm-hmm. uh, no, no knock on these guys. They did awesome, but uh, no names I recognize from anywhere. Definitely. Now, the top three guys all got 50 miles, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Pretty cool, but at the same time, interesting. Because they were getting, you know, some people were getting 50 miles in the eight hours last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Women-wise, the top woman got 40, and the other top women got 35. Yep. You got official 30, <laughs> and that puts you in 10th place overall with the women, which is pretty yep, amazing. Right at 10. I was pretty excited about that. Six and laps. just missed top three in my age group, so. Yep. <laughs> just missed. But it's very cool. cool. I was still really happy about that. <laughs> now, before I go into my experience and have a pretty good rant, you uh, anything else you want to <laughs> add to yours? No, I was I was about to say that at the end, like even though even though they only gave me credit for six laps, I was like, well, officially, I met my mileage goal technically by my standards. Exactly. But my my by tough mutter standards i didn't but i'm still really happy about it regardless yeah because <laughs> i got 36 almost 37 miles so as far as the giveaway goes like we said we got a total of 70 you got 35 uh actual miles and i got 35 actual miles mm-hmm. yep now i got about 10 minutes here so i'm gonna try not to go on for too long <laughs> First off, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things, just my equipment and stuff. The shoes I had, I started out with a pair of Lone Peaks, and they felt great on the first lap. And the second lap, the second I went into Mud Mile, like I said, it felt like I just had slime in my shoes. And so I, I was, since ultras are you know a little wider, uh, I felt like I was sliding around in them too much. So I ended up taking them off, trying out uh, the VJ Maxes, and they felt pretty good through the obstacles in the mud but my problem with them is really more my problem my i'm pretty sure my big toe on my right foot is broke or something whenever i put pressure on it you know you run and it pushes your toe up it's a little painful now in a toe that's more um solid like the vj max compared to an ultra shoe it bothered me a little bit more i think so i took those off after one lap and then tried switching to the King MTs. King MTs don't have much, you know, they're very minimalist shoe. Um, so while they held tight on my feet, I just felt like my feet were getting, getting more tired. So I, I ended up trading those back out <laughs> for uh, the maxes and, and finished out. I think I did two laps in those and we're just like, no, my feet are too tired. So I did let's see, one. I, did. I thought I brought a lot of shoes. <laughs> I did two in the Long Peaks, one in the Max, and I did six overall. Yeah, so two in the Long Peaks, one in the Max, one in the King MTs. I probably did two laps in the King MTs and then switched out back to the Maxes for the last lap. 
Nice. Headlamp wise, I had a, a thousand lumen headlamp and yeah, the new headlamp you were talking about. Yeah, and it's got uh it doesn't have a battery pack on the back like uh, other large uh larger higher lumen headsets headlamps do. Instead, mm-hmm. it had a singular battery as I talked about before that goes inside the actual headlamp and it's like a larger AA and I bought a bunch of extra ones, but my problem was I don't I, I they're rechargeable and I didn't charge them first and so I don't think they had a full charge off the bat. So while at first it was lasting me two laps easy, and then it was real easy to just swap a battery in and out. Uh, not mm-hmm. long after that, maybe my, especially my last three laps, it was getting dim and even dying before I got to the end. <laughs> so that's just something that I got to remember. I, lo- I love the headlamp. I think I'll keep using it for uh, worlds. I just got to make sure that those batteries are charged up. Yeah. And and really on that course, the uh, the lighting, you know, when you got to that back end, uh, you had plenty of light everywhere you were anyway. So it really wasn't that big a deal. Yeah, it was really just most important through the, uh, the dark sections. That was the really rugged terrain. Like I said, coming through two laps and it's like, wait a second, the, the, the course is longer than it's supposed to be. And then three laps and then being like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? So I, I had a pace sheet where we were marking down what time I actually uh, came in versus what time I wanted to, like I had my, my planned pit time and it was, you know, after three laps, it was like a definite, like I'm still on pace, but I'm, I'm, I'm actually just past the pace and I know it's going to keep slowing down because the laps are longer. So there's no way I can hit 40, like not yeah. possible unless I have some superhuman feet here. <laughs> so yeah that was really frustrating and it was just like well crap there goes my elite my contender status so mm-hmm. on top of that uh i i, I was you know i said I, I i wasn't i said i felt like i didn't train enough um and, and i don't know how true that really is because really my legs were really no different than any other time now i did get a lot of cramps you did too miles did as well i mm-hmm. maybe it was just that course that cramping like shoot i cramped him in, in my like under my feet by the end of it really yeah it was crazy so lots of cramps dealing with but you know nothing that we couldn't get past i ended up saying they said that you had to eat some chips and that helped you so i had some chips after mm-hmm. one lap um but i also i i felt like i just struggled to take in calories without feeling not i, didn't, I never got sick but just i just never had an appetite and it was kind of a pain. So I was trying to drink and eat as much as I could, but I just couldn't. I, my, I just didn't have a, a, a taste for a lot. Uh, I ended up eating goose and those um, almond butter balls uh, for the first few laps and then kind of got behind on my nutrition, I think, and then ended up uh, having a, a bowl, of, uh, a cup of noodles uh, towards the end that uh, I actually finally started to get hungry, you know, like really hungry. Oh, that cup of noodles is so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, okay, so so I'm dealing with this just like feeling like, well, how hard am I supposed to push now? I know I'm not feeling amazing, but I got, you know, to the point yeah. where you get tired and you just get through it and then you're just tired for the rest of it anyway. It's like <laughs> I got there and it's like, well, I could keep going if I got to. But when, I, when I'm thinking to myself, I'm only eight hours in, I've got another four hours to go. Do I really have that much in me, 
even though I'm not going to hit the goal that I wanted. So it, it was really a struggle for me to keep going and pushing and fighting with my stomach and fighting with my ear issue, which I really want to get that checked out because I'm tired of having that happen. <laughs> I, I, I think I've explained this before. It eventually gets to where, you know how when you, when you pop your ears, you kind of like, I don't know, blow out of your ears or whatever. But you mm-hmm. can you can hold that and it sounds a little weird and you like yeah you can hear your breath through it right it's like that starts to happen and it doesn't go away and it's mm. really frustrating and it almost feels like it takes my breath away but it's I think it's more because I'm trying to f- deal with it <laughs> so eventually right. I just said screw it I'm just gonna have to be irritated and just let you know just breathe normal so I did that and I was yeah. able to breathe normal and so I I was able to just fight through it. Um, but I was dealing with that, dealing with cramps and stomach being not the best, not the worst, not like worlds last year. Um, but then after I ate that cup of noodles on that next lap, like early on in the lap, I got this weird pain in my stomach. Like I'm guessing it was a a stomach, like a a muscle cramp or something, because Mm -hmm. it was in one spot, like along my abs, uh, top to bottom on the right side. And it was painful to to run at all. Like, it was very sharp. And so I massaged it and worked it out. And eventually it got to where it was uh, bearable. And it's honestly still sore now. I was like, I don't know what the heck that was all about. That's crazy. Yeah. So I just felt like it was just one thing after another that I had to fight with. And so it was it was, it was was tough. Like, it wasn't just a, an easy race. And I don't think maybe it was my training being off. I don't know. But... Um, other than that, I still felt like I performed pretty well. I was on pace, uh, you know, come uh, looking at my times. I was on pace to hit 40 come um, once I knew that I couldn't hit the uh, official 40. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't trying for that. But I ended up slowing down enough that uh, hitting official 35 would have been a, a real push, too. And I think if yeah. I would have if I would have known that they were going to change contender status qualification, I had more than enough time to do 35 because I did, you know, unofficially, I actually did 35 miles, could have done 40 to get uh, the 30 to the seventh lap, I think. Um, so that's that was my deal. Fought with it all night, got uh, a little frustrated, but uh, just let it go. And, you know, that's what it is. And as I keep saying now, um, I won't be able to hang out with you in the contender start line <laughs> area. I'll be hanging out with uh, with Mike this year instead. So. <laughs> That's okay. You know. Now you know, Jason, silver, you're silver gonna catch hell. Catch <laughs> There's going to be plenty of people that are going to be like, "Well, you should have pushed regardless." <laughs> well, but you had <laughs> to those people. So. I will quote any elite athlete, and I know I'm not a pro or anything, but. When there's something that you're going for, like take John Alvin, for example, when he knew that he couldn't get 100 miles at Iceland, he stopped. Now, I didn't stop. I kept going all night long. I even went back out on the course for that last lap to to be in pursuit of 35 and uh, knowing that I was going to get hit the cutoff and get picked up, um, which was kind of fun. I got to ride one of those little uh, little buggies. Um, (laughs) And April saw me coming back from that. She thought I had hurt myself because I was getting oh, a ride no. back. <laughs> um, but 
but yeah, at, at that point, it's like, I, I, why? Uh, I, I don't, I've done, I've pushed myself so much in other ways that I'm not like, I'm okay with not being uncomfortable when I don't have a thing I'm reaching for. Now, when I'm reaching mm-hmm. for it, I can push past that and that's fun. But when it, when I'm uncomfortable and I, and there's not that thing there, it's not as fun. So, um, I, I, I don't live every single second of my life trying to push myself to the limits because it's painful. I do it every you once in a while. You ran your own race. Anyway, so yeah, that's what I did. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where it landed and I'll, I'll find the, uh, the silver lining from it and, and walk away with that. And crush it at worlds. Yes. Crush it at worlds. Go see some doctors, get my body yes. under control. Tuned up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got to cut this off here. Anything else that you'd like to say? About the the weekend and the event. No, I just uh, last thoughts. The events are getting better. Yeah, the events are getting better. Um, I just hope they really deliver it at Worlds. Yeah, I would definitely do it next year, and you know, recommend it to anybody. It was it was a blast for sure. We had a great pit cruise. April for myself, your mom for you, uh, Sarah for Mark. Miles had what's her name, Marjorie, Marjorie. out there with her, uh, with him. <laughs> out there with her (laughs) miles had marjorie out there with him Uh, we had a nice little crew there and uh really enjoyed it yeah so couldn't couldn't do it as enjoyable without them that's for sure definitely not last thing we got a i should have an ad with this episode it's probably gonna be in the middle of somewhere so if you heard it hey have you heard about anchor you probably haven't heard about anchor yet so let me tell you about it anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated. But Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Cool, I guess. I don't know. It's basically another Anchor ad, but uh, it's just a new one. So we'll get some more money for some more giveaways. Awesome. And, oh, I did want to remind, we hadn't said this in a while, remind people that when they go um, buy from Endure Elite, if you want a discount, if you don't have one already, use the code REF10-OCRTALK and it gives you um, 10% off. You know, nothing crazy, but it adds to our giveaway money. So, And we like our Endure Elite. Oh, yeah. I used it before <laughs> my first lap, before we started, and I felt jacked and ready to go. I was so excited. <laughs> All did right. you record that commercial? Are you gonna put that in? Where was where did where when did that happen? Or no. or whenever whenever you recorded on your GoPro? Oh, I don't think so. No, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was gonna talk about it, but I don't think I did. <laughs> you were like, watch out, Trevor Psychos, I'm Jack. Oh, perform elite. <laughs> I did. Yeah, that'll be you on. You did. There. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right. Anything else? Nope, I got nothing. Thanks for listening. Hope you if you were at uh, Toughest, congrats to however you did. See you at the next one. Bye.
seems like when you unplug and replug, that ends up fixing it or something. Hello? 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 Yep. Wait. What? Wait. Now my voice sounds <laughs> high. You hear that? <laughs> Hello. This is one of the lollipop kids. What the heck, man? What do you do to me, Anna? Nothing. Plug and replug again. He's not even higher. Even higher <laughs> it's even higher. It's like I just took a helium balloon. Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.